0: Welcome to the Cancer Care Connect workshop. At this time, all participants are in listen-only mode. During the workshop, you will hear from a panel of expert speakers. We'll allow time for questions and comments following the presentation. Instructions will be given at that time. If anyone should require assistance during the workshop, please press star then zero on your touchstone telephone. As a reminder, this workshop is being recorded. I would like to introduce your moderator for today's workshop, Dr. Carolyn Mesner, Director of Educating, Education and Training at Cancer Care. Please go ahead. Oh, thank you so much,
1: Michelle. And I too would like to welcome everyone to today's workshop Taking Your Pills on Schedule, or Taking Your Treatment on Schedule Why It is So Important in Managing Cancer. And today's program is supported by Pharmacyclics, LLC, an AbbVie company, and Janssen Biotech, Inc., administered by Janssen Scientific Affairs, LLC. I want to thank them really for their support of today's program and for many of the programs that we do. And um, we have a lot of people on the program today. There are over 251 participants on the program today. You come from all of the United States, from both urban, rural, and suburban areas, And we also have a number of international participants on the call today from Canada, Greece, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, and the United Kingdom. So it's a bit of a global call as well. Now, before I introduce our first speaker, we do want to ask you just a few questions um, to start with. Um, It helps us in planning future programs um, to have a sense of what you know before the program starts. So I'm going to just ask a few questions, um, and I'm going to start with the first one. And the first question is, on a scale of one to five, with one the highest rating and five the lowest ratings, please select your rating. I understand the meaning of adherence. Again, one is the highest rating and five the lowest rating. And the next question is, I understand the important role of adherence in managing cancer in the context of COVID-19. Again, one is the highest rating and five the lowest rating. And the next question is, I know the barriers to taking my pills on schedule adherence. One is the highest rating, and five, the lowest rating. And now just two more questions. And the next question is, I know practical tips to overcome the barriers to taking pills on schedule. One is the highest rating, and five, the lowest rating. This will be the last question. I have knowledge of clinical trials on adherence in the context of COVID-19. Again, one is the highest rating and five the lowest rating. I want to thank you all for participating in these questions. Um, Again, it's really helpful to us, so we plan really um, the best programs to be the most helpful to you. And now I'm going to choose our first speaker, and our first speaker is Dr. Michael Wong. And Dr. Wong is Professor of Cutaneous Cancers, Medical Oncology, Executive Director, Integration and Program Development, Cancer Network, the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center. And Dr. Wong will be addressing an overview of cancer treatments in the context of COVID-19, a definition of adherence or taking your pills or treatment on schedule, its importance and its important role in managing cancer in the context of COVID-19, and communicating with the healthcare team about adherence. It's really my great pleasure now to turn this program over to my esteemed colleague, Dr. Wong.
2: Thank you, Dr. Mesner. Uh, indeed, it's a uh, distinct uh, honor and pleasure to be with you this afternoon and. To be part of an esteemed faculty, uh, which includes Dr. Palos and Ms. Flynn, who will follow me uh, after my introductory uh, remarks, um, I will start with the bottom line because uh, I usually end with it. But I'll start with this, which will frame this in context. And the bottom line is this: good communication is the foundation of adherence. So remember that as we as we move forward. So what is adherence? And you know, the narrow definition is. Uh, is basically you taking your pills on time? But I, I think in the a, a modern era, with what we're doing and the complexity of cancer care, and all the things that we have to juggle, both on the patient side and the medicine side, the broader definition is uh, is, a, is our ability to to adhere and follow through a treatment plan. It's a collaborative effort, and treatment plan will include uh, not just the pills that you're taking, but the blood testing, uh, and, uh, the follow-ups, the uh, the the uh, imaging scans and so on and so forth. Why? Because all of that is necessary to really get to the ultimate goal, which is to look after you and treat your illness and get you well again. So, you know, there's a lot said about COVID, but really, uh, the, to simplify matters, cancer does not stop during COVID. COVID for us is a, a another roadblock in in our ability to deliver the best care that we can to you and to really execute the best possible plan. Uh, but the simple way I look at it is, is that uh, uh, we, we and I'll tell you what I tell my team, we will fashion the best treatment plan, the best treatment strategy for each patient, and then we'll look at the, how we can execute that in a current era. COVID brings with it so many uh, stops and, and, and delays and so on and so forth, Uh, one of which is to make sure that our patients are well. So one of the things that you will encounter is that as you enter the healthcare system, there will be things like COVID testing, uh, when the testing is, how you do it, so on and so forth. For example, uh, before beginning any type of uh, chemo, cytotoxic chemotherapy, some uh, oncologists, depending on the uh, intensity of the regimen, will build into their plan a COVID testing uh, pre-COVID testing, during, and so on and so forth. To visit surgeons, because you're going to be uh, you know, sort of put to sleep and put on a breathing machine, uh, oftentimes COVID testing is part of that. So these are part of the uh, of the things that have happened. My best advice to you, and again comes in a communication moniker, is to reach out to your team uh, before, before you show up. There's always an intake person if this is a new appointment. It, 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 it's better just to call ahead and says what do you need from me and what do I need to do and, and how are you arranging yourself uh, for uh, uh, seeing patients during the COVID era? Many of us have moved to a mixture of in-person and virtual visits, and a virtual visits can be by video conferencing or by telephone. Uh, that, this was the subject of an earlier program, but again, uh, speak to your healthcare team. Because of the uncertainties of everything going on and, and the fact that things change minute by minute, that's why sometimes when I give these programs, I'll even say a date. Today is and give a date, especially with the COVID programs, because it's very possible that the minute I hang up the, 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 the phone on a conference, things change. So be aware that the flexibility on the healthcare care part and, and your part is necessary for us to all get through this. But uh, getting back to my main point, cancer doesn't stop for COVID, and and I want you to think about that for a minute. For folks that are uh, there facing a new diagnosis of cancer, uh, COVID uh, is sort of in your way of getting, uh, you know, treated. Uh, don't be put off by that. It's just yet another hurdle to jump over. Uh, this one placed there by nature, and you just have to work a little bit harder to make sure that uh, people hear you and look after you. For people on trial, and we'll talk about that in a second, or on treatment, you know the ability to feed back and forth, uh, uh, both by telephone, by messaging, whatever means of communication you have is important because things modify uh, as we go along. So let's talk about the individual components of that. When you are, uh, you know, in your doctor's office, you know, and and you put together a treatment plan, you know, oftentimes there are medicines involved, and uh, in 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 taking these medicines and in the prescription a doctor gives you there is there is going to be a dose and, and a timing right X number of pills so many times a day that 's you know one way of looking at it and remember um, uh, if things are not clear, ask the question right so I have to remind you my family we have uh, a doctor, or a nurse, and two pharmacists, and even then sometimes we, we couldn 't get my, my mom and dad's you know prescription pres- pres- clear uh, just because it's just you know it 's written in in medical language and not necessarily in plain old English that we can all understand, and we're, I'm as guilty of it as the next person. Just always ask a question. Again, communication. Let's talk about things like timing, for instance. Uh, that's actually a, uh, more important than you know. Why? Because there are certain medicines that are given according to circadian rhythm. Uh, an example, I use many of my patients, some, some of my patients are on medicines, that, are, that follow a rhythm in the body, so the dose is higher in the morning and first thing in the morning, like 6 a.m. in the morning kind of thing. And uh, I stress to my patients, these are medicines that you need to take at this time, set an alarm clock, and, and that's an example of where timing is very important. Other times, it has to do with, you know, uh, on an empty stomach, so two hours before meals, two, you know, uh, two or three hours after meals. Why? You need the empty stomach to, 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 to be part of it. And, and another example is sometimes you have combination medication. We sometimes now have... Two medications, two pills, two different pills given for a certain cancer. And, and crazy as it sounds, uh, taking two pills is less side effects than taking each one pill by itself. So uh, I tell my patient, it's to your, adva- your advantage to take these pills together. Uh, it will make the therapy more effective and lowers the side effect, right? Of course, the main thing is knowing to do that. And lastly, there is timing according to procedures. Sometimes I'll tell patients, take this eight hours before your CT scan. Take this one hour before your CT scan. Take this one hour after. Again, there's a reason for that. And if it's not clear to you, ask the question. And not to point out there's a medical team. There's not always have to reach a doctor. So the nurse can help you, the mid-level practitioner, be it a physician assistant or a nurse practitioner can help you. And in large (laughs) academic centers where we do clinical trials, there are Uh, pharmacists dedicated to the practice that can help you, and there are uh, clinical trial uh, coordinators and nurses that are there to run the trial, keep the doctor on track, and to uh, liaise with you. So use those resources. Know your team. The next thing is talking about dose and number of pills, for instance. And, uh, uh, And that's important. And one of the things that I find particularly difficult is changing on the fly. So, you know, we'll have a communication from one of my patients, say, Dr. Wong, I'm having particularly a hard time with XYZ. I said, well, why don't you take half of this instead of the full dose? Well, you know, uh, you, you, some of these pills are, are are pretty small, and you might want to feedback and say, hey, these are really small pills. And remember, when, when they're dispensed at a pharmacy, the doctor doesn't know sometimes the size of the pill because if they're generics, they can come in different sizes, or... Uh, we have, we, 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 we may say, oh, 20 milligrams, and that, that may mean two 10-milligram pills, or five, or sort of four, five-milligram pills, and you know how that goes. So the is now, dispensation is not always known. So work with the doctor, work with the team. I want to talk one, two seconds about, uh, about how you carry and store things. That's part of adherence. Some medications require things to be cool. Now, you don't need to cart around a freezer with you, but... In Houston, for instance, for instance, which is classified as tropical climate, uh, you know, we we will actually, when we dispense it, sometimes give patients a little cooler bag with an ice pack in it. These sort of, you know, gel packs. Same for you. You need to have something like that if you're traveling around. If you are, uh, an ex- uh, if you receive a pillage in this blister pack, uh, this I ran into this myself and had to uh, to, to to learn it. Uh, the blister packs may be very hard to open for a reason one of which is that it's sensitive to air and sensitive to moisture. So you may be helping your loved one by opening up and putting it into a, into a pill box, but sometimes it's designed in a way to, to make it hard on you. So always ask your provider. I had to find this out myself. And if, if you're traveling, you know, if, uh, working with your doctor, uh, to sort of, uh, uh, because I find that when people are traveling or on vacation, that's when adherence really falls apart. And that has to do with just better planning and bring your health care team in on board. So um, I hope I've helped you. In the final minute, I want to end with the, the bottom line, which you already know, which is good communication is the foundation of adherence, and adherence, broadly speaking, is a treatment plan. And whenever you talk about a treatment plan, that is a, 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 a two-way street and, and where communication flows back and forth between the medical team and the patient, which is you. I'll end there, and thank you for your time and, again, to Dr. Mesner for the opportunity to speak to you, and I'll pass the floor to my colleagues, Dr. Palos and Ms. Flynn. Thank you.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Wong. That was really outstanding and just a wonderful way to start the program I really put it in the context um, for today's program itself, so I know there'll be questions for you during the Q&A, so thank you so much. And our next speaker is Dr. Guadalupe Palos, and Dr. Palos is... Clinical Protocol Administration Manager, Office of Cancer Survivorship, University of Texas, MD Anderson Cancer Center. And Dr. Palos is really a bit of her own healthcare team because she's a doctor of public health, uh, a, a social worker, a master's in oncology social work, and she's also an RN. So she really has that whole team approach when she discusses anything. So lovely to have you on board. And um, Dr. Palos will be addressing barriers to taking your pills, Practical tips to overcome these barriers, including family, partners, and others; a computer, tablet, and phone reminders, including emails, texts, and apps; and planning ahead, lead time in refilling prescriptions, weekends, special occasions, and holidays. It's really my great pleasure now to turn this program over to my esteemed, uh, my, my esteemed colleague, Dr. Paulus.
3: Thank you, Dr. Messner, for that introduction, and welcome to all of you listening in on our call today. It's uh, covering a very important topic, and it was very kind of you to invite me to join this panel in discussing such an important topic, such as taking pills as scheduled. As Dr. Wong discussed, patients and their families face challenges in following schedules when dealing with such a complex disease. Uh, We know that this disease, cancer, often requires different types of medications, different types of behavior, and different types of lifestyle changes, uh, because we are getting patients get recommendations from so many different providers that are on the um, on their health team. So it becomes very complex, not only in all the things that you're being asked to do, but also in trying to understand the instructions of all the different members of the team because everyone has a different style for teaching, a different style for communicating, and that just adds a little bit more to uh, the complexity of dealing with a disease and in dealing with all the uh, medications and other types of adherence that we're at being asked to. So I just thought, too, that I'd start off with what is a definition of adherence in the medical from a medical perspective? Uh, And you may have heard this also referred to as compliance, concordance, adherence, but it all somewhat means the same thing. It means the extent to which a person's behavior, such as taking the medication, following a diet, uh, executing lifestyle changes, such as learning to exercise uh, and do things like that, and correspond with the agreed recommendations from a healthcare provider. So, in other words, you're being asked to do a certain action, and you're usually being asked to do it within a certain context of time and following a certain pattern to do it. So, again, that is not easy when you start thinking of all the other things that come into play when you're looking at dealing with this disease. And then on top of that, many of our patients not only have uh, the cancer condition, but they're also dealing with arthritis, hypertension, diabetes. So you can see that we're just putting kind of like layer after layer after layer of complexity. So I know that I became intensely aware, or maybe it just brought it back to my attention again, of the challenges in following medication schedules when I worked with a patient who reported high levels of pain and constipation despite a comprehensive pain ma- management plan. So I'd like to share a story about this patient who, after a while, the team believed was not following his medication regimen and was being considered a bit non-adherent in following his pain management this gentleman was 74 years old. He was diagnosed with kidney cancer. He had been on various clinical trials and now was receiving medications for pain and symptom management for his advancing cancer. So it seemed that this gentleman was unable to experience relief from his severe pain, despite our team's effort to provide effective management. He had been presented twice at multidisciplinary grand rounds. They had changed his medications over time. There had been numerous meetings with the wife and different family members. They had provided written instructions, diaries, information on side effects. The pharmacists had gone over side effects from the medication, reinforced the schedules and the purpose of the medication, the social worker and the case manager had collaborated to make sure his insurance would cover the medication, and yet, despite all these efforts, he continued to say he had pain so bad, it took his breath away, and his wife confirmed his report, saying she had never seen him suffer so. So in this scenario, it seemed that all the factors that could potentially contribute to non-adherence had been addressed. We had looked at patient-provider communication, financial barriers, concerns about side effects or interaction, patient characteristics, and patient preferences. Now, one of the things that sometimes we tend to overlook are literacy levels in our patients. We assume because our patients are being seen in our office that everyone has the same level of reading, the same level of comprehension about medical advice or medical instructions. And it's very challenging to be able to assess someone's reading ability or literacy level in um, a particular um, situation. So that's, in a way, what had happened here. We found out that our patient, the barriers that were there, is that the patient and his family were empty nesters. Their family visited on a, uh, and were available on a limited basis. The wife was the primary caregiver. She took care of the meals, provided personal hygiene, planned the meals, managed the meals, and also managed the medication schedule. She opened up to us and began telling us how confusing it was for her to keep track of all the medication and that she got them confused, which were for pain, which ones were for constipation, which were the high blood pressure. And she told us she didn't know who to contact for refills, so she often waited until one of the children came by to ask them to help her refill the medication, which meant that oftentimes medications could run out before a family member came in. So what are the, some of the tips that we came up with? Well, the team was surprised to learn that there were these barriers, despite all the efforts that had been and time that had been given to this patient. So in, a question many of you may have by now is how do we deal with these types of barriers and others so we can follow a medication plan? In this particular case, we used a somewhat unique approach. First, we held a family conference which included three generations the patient, who is grandma and grandpa, their children, their children's children. And the purpose of the conference was to inform all the family members of the barriers and his wife, the patient and his wife, excuse me, were experiencing. At the meeting, we asked the family to help us identify ways to deal with the barriers. The family came together and began to share ideas, and it was the grandchildren who came up with the best ideas, which was to develop a large poster that used a color coding approach for all medications. They listed all the medications by symptoms, and they used symbols for each condition, like high blood pressure, uh, pain, constipation, and they used faces of the clock to show the times. The family decided to match the medications on the poster using the same color codes on the tops of the medication container. The teens of the family offered to do weekly checks in person with their grandparents to help with any bumps or changes in medications. And they chose in this particular family not to use techie type of tools since the patient and his wife did not feel comfortable with these tools. So at the next clinic visit, the patient reported better pain relief, less constipation, and less stress. So it doesn't mean that it completely went away, but we were able to see that that plan that had been put together by the family was working well for this patient, a particular patient and his wife. So we learned several valuable lessons. We learned not to make assumptions, that we need to ask the right questions so we can get the information that we need. It's good to educate the patient and the family at the beginning of a new plan or of any changes. It's good if you can do it with the same person because that was causing some of the confusion. It was also a different person at each time that came to the visit. And these were all proactive approaches. Now, there are several ways. We mentioned that this patient did not want the techie kind of things, but there are so many valuable tools out there that we can use. We can have, there's uh, new medication reminders, there's organizers, there's dispensers, there's alerts, there's planners, there are apps, all different types that can be used on the smartphone, on your tablet, on the computer. And I learned recently from one of my nieces that you can even use Alexa to set up a medication regimen for you, to remind you. So there's different types, and I'm going to mention just a few, and I'm sure afterwards, if you have questions, you can, you can ask. There's a one that's called Reminder Rosie, and it's a hands-free medication reminder that helps not only the patient but the family caregivers to record and schedule up to uh, 25 personalized messages so the patient gets to hear a voice that's familiar to them, and they get the medication uh, schedule uh, given to them. There's a medication reminders such as Hero Health, that's uh, so there is a cost, but they give you 30 days to try it risk free. The best med—I uh, mean, not the best—but a medication reminder and pill organizer is also Med Center, uh, and that has a good system that you can use. There's also an app called MediSafe app, and that's a free app that you can use. Um, And, again, it's for folks who have a smartphone and those that can use a smartphone pretty easily. There are many booster pack organizers, such as you heard what um, Dr. Wong said. And so, again, there are different ways. So it's good, you know, if you don't feel comfortable, get some of those family members to come in and help you with that information. Now, for the final topic I'd like to address is the importance of planning ahead of time and refilling, refilling prescriptions, especially with travel, weekends, vacation, or holidays. So one of the things that you can do in preparing for these types of things is keep a schedule of when refills are due. This is important and it helps minimize the risk of being in another state or country and running out of medication. Always keep a small bag with you that has all your medications either stored in a prescription container or in their original uh, bottles. Keep a list of all the medications, their dosages, the time to be taken and how to take it. You can store it on a index cards if you like something written, or you can use your computer, tablet, or our smartphone. Remember to write down the names and contact information of the physicians prescribing the medication the pharmacy where the medications are obtained, and be sure and include emergency information for each provider or pharmacy. And one of the things that I have found very helpful is to have your physician write a letter stating that they have prescribed the following medications, and they can list the medications. And then make copies of that letter, keep one in your bag, and then give one to who may be traveling with you or to your primary caregiver. It's also helpful helpful to communicate with your pharmacist, so you can ask about the pharmacy's policies regarding refills if you lose your meds or if you run out of your pills while out of town. Some pharmacies will provide enough refills to last until you get back home, or they reach pres or they are able to reach a prescribing physician. Now, this is going to depend on the type of medication that is needed. Right, it may be easier for a hypertensive medication than it would be for something that's related to your chemotherapy treatment. And when flying, keep your medication with you on a carry-on bag. Don't get put it through, um, you know, for the, uh, the like, luggage and everything. You may, again, keep your containers in their original container or in a pill container. And, keep, like I said, keep that letter handy um, from the physician. And my last but most important tip is really – Uh, again reinforcing what Dr. Wong said, maintain regular and open communication between the prescribing provider, the pharmacy, the caregivers, and the patient. My colleagues and I look forward to hearing from you and any suggestions that you may have that may help address this area of concern. Thank you for allowing me to share these thoughts with you. This concludes my remarks.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Palos. That was really outstanding. And I love the concept of that during the um, what we call the question and answer period that you also can make comments, the things that have worked for you. Thank you so much for suggesting that. Um, so please keep that in mind, too. If something has really worked well for you, please do share it with us as well. So thank you. And I know there will be comments and questions for you, Dr. Palos, as well. And our next speaker is, Doctor, is, is Ms. Sharon Flynn, Ms. Flynn is a gynecology nurse. She's a nurse practitioner, nursing research and clinical and translational science, clinical center nursing department, National Institutes of Health, Clinical Resource Center, Research Center. Um, and Ms. Lynn will be addressing reminders from your pharmacy and pharmacist clinical trials on adherence in the context of COVID-19, the increasing role of telehealth and telemedicine appointments in the context of COVID-19, and guidelines to prepare for telehealth, telemedicine appointments, including technology and, preparation, and prepared list of questions. It's really my great pleasure now to turn this program over to my esteemed colleague, Ms. Flynn.
4: Oh, great. Thank you, Dr. Messner, for the opportunity to be on today's call with this amazing panel and thank you to all of our cancer patients and their caregivers for joining us on this call. I applaud you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us to learn more about taking your pills or medications on schedule. And so I'm first going to talk to you about reminders from your pharmacy and pharmacist. As Dr. Palios talked about, planning ahead for prescription refills including computer and phone reminders can be um, very important and are very important. And my first tip is to have your pharmacy phone numbers handy. Um, Sometimes you need an address, but you definitely need that phone number for um, when you're at your physician's office or you're calling for a prescription refill. And I recommend that you have them programmed into your phone. Um, I also recommend that you have them written down and put in your wallet, um, next to your insurance card and um, written down on your refrigerator. Our refrigerators are kind of in the heart of our home within our kitchen and that's a great place where people go to look for key information. And I also encourage your caregivers to have a list of your preferred pharmacy and of the medical team phone numbers. And that caregiver might be someone living with you, or it might be a long-distance caregiver. Um, It's important for all of our caregivers to have those contact phone numbers. And when keeping track of your prescription refills, I like to set the goal for myself to have a week's worth of medications at one time. Um, If you're due for a medication refill, maybe a week from today, today's Wednesday, um, then call your pharmacy. Start calling the pharmacy or physician right now, a week ahead of time, to start working on that prescription refill. It may take time for a pharmacy to fill your prescription. Perhaps um, they don't normally stock Um, your medication, or they've run out of that medication, and so they need to order from um, their supplier to get that medication in time um, so that you don't completely run out of your prescription. Um, Ask your healthcare team what's the best way to contact them for prescription refills. This might be through a patient portal mechanism where you type in a message for your physician or healthcare team member, and... um, then they go ahead and submit that prescription refill directly to the pharmacy. For other uh, other prescription refills, you might need to schedule a telehealth or an in-person appointment um, in order to see how you're doing before that prescription is refilled. Um, other times you might need blood work to make sure that it's safe for you to continue on a certain medication. Um, so it's important to plan ahead and that's kind of my take-home point. Um, to plan ahead and have good communication with your healthcare team so that you don't completely run out of a medication, Um, knowing that sometimes it takes a couple days to get this process moving, and um, we want to reduce the stress of medication refills. So starting um, ahead of time and planning ahead can help reduce that stress. And next I'm going to talk about clinical trials on adherence in the context of COVID-19. So, in 2020, everyone across the world became acutely aware of clinical trials. Um, Maybe you weren't aware of them before, um, but with vaccine development and new COVID treatments, um, everyone has been closely following um, clinical trials um, from when they start in the laboratory to when they are rolling out to patients. And so today's cancer treatments come in many different forms, including intravenously or maybe in pill form. And this holds true for clinical trials also. Um, many of the um, uh, cancer treatments are taken by mouth. Um, they may not seem as important as maybe injections or infusions at the doctor's office or the hospital. Um, But in truth, cancer pills are just as important as any other forms of treatment that you might be receiving, not only for your cancer, but for any other medical, medical conditions that you might have, like diabetes or high blood pressure or psoriasis. Um, because you are responsible for taking the pills and staying on schedule with your treatment, it's especially important that you um, continue on that schedule. And that includes whether you're in the office working or maybe you're working from home, maybe you're on um, vacation, um, wherever you may be. Um, we know that it's not always easy to do. We're, we're human, and sometimes we forget a dose, um, and so it's important to know who to call if you miss a dose of your medication. Um, there isn't a universal um, answer um, if you've missed a dose of medication, whether you should take it again immediately or if you should, um, uh, um, you know, wait until the next dose. And so it's important to clarify that with your healthcare team what happens if I accidentally miss a dose of this medication, especially if you're on a clinical trial? We wouldn't want you to take too much of a medication and um, take double the dose, um, but it's important to to maintain that schedule. If um, you feel that the medication isn't working for you, that um, is is a different issue, and we want to know about that. Um, We don't want you to tell us that you're taking a medication when you're not taking a medication. So it's important to just be truthful with the team. Maybe you don't like the side effects that that uh, treatment is is, that you're experiencing. Maybe it's giving you um, nausea or you're having increased pain. Communicating with your team can help us know that you're experiencing those issues and maybe we can do something, um, well not maybe, we can do something to to help you with those side effects. Um, and so it, sticking to the schedule of your um, medications will give you the best possible result for your treatment. Um, and unlike cancer medications given in your doctor's office, cancer pills put you in charge of your treatment, which um, means that we need you to, get, to keep a list of what medications you're taking, when you're taking them, um, and stay on schedule. And if you have um, days that you're unable to take those medications, to let us know. And so cancer pills release an active ingredient over a set period of time. Um, to keep a steady amount of that medicine in your body. And that steady level of medicine helps the pills work correctly. It may be helpful to think of each dose as refreshing the amount of medication in your body. So if you skip a dose, the level of medicine might be lowered, and then that might lower the medicine's success at treating your cancer. On the other hand, if you take doses too close together, you might get too much medication in your body. And this extra medicine might lead to more side effects. So um, for that reason, um, if you forget to take um, a pill, please let us know. Keep, Keep up with the communication with your healthcare team. And so Um, The research team, if you're on a clinical trial, is gathering important information about you and that research medication. This includes how well that medication is working to fight your cancer, um, which dose is working best for you, are there any side effects, and many more items. The information that we collect will be used by in the United States by the Food and Drug Administration to help determine if they will approve that medication or not, what dose they approve the medication at, and the list of side effects included in the packaging that helps alert the healthcare team, patients, and their caregivers to potential side effects. And so by taking your research medications on schedule, it helps provide reliable data not only to the researchers, but for all the future patients that might be taking that medication. And so this leads me to my next topic, talking about um, communication with the healthcare team in the role of telehealth and telemedicine appointments. And so two years ago, um, over 99% and more of our healthcare appointments were in-person appointments. And then with the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, healthcare um, appointments had to adapt and accommodate both in-person, very limited in-person appointments, and then had to start um, telehealth appointments. And so, for COVID um, safety, many in-person appointments um, are, are beginning to to come back, um, along with telehealth medicines. But for those returning back um, to your um, uh, care provider, they may only allow the patient in, and not the patient and their caregiver into that appointment. And so, this has been a huge change in the healthcare system. And I have to tell you, we're we're still adjusting. So, if we can do better, please let us know. And so, um, with COVID nineteen, I've been um, getting this this message out to my patients. And I want to emphasize, if they are having an emergency, such as sudden chest pain or shortness of breath, they should still access the 911 emergency health system in the United States. Um, Hospitals are open, and they can safely manage your emergency situations. For urgent conditions, um, please contact your health care provider. Um, and if you're on this call today and you you are wondering, gosh, I know how to contact my healthcare provider, um, kind of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday, but I'm not sure uh, after hours and on weekends or holidays. So I'm going to give you a homework assignment to go to your healthcare team's website to call the office and find out how to contact them um, during non-business hours. And then for non-urgent or regular um, appointments, you may have the option of telehealth appointments. And so I'm going to talk about some strategies to use when preparing for a telehealth appointment. And the first one is, what's the the purpose of the appointment? Um, Are you uh, having this appointment, this telehealth appointment, because you need a medication refill, or maybe you're due for your next cycle of chemotherapy or or immunotherapy? Or maybe you're having a side effect such as nausea or pain or a new rash that you would like to report and discuss different treatment options for. Knowing the purpose of your appointment can help you plan out your list of questions, which is my next tip. Write down your questions and list them in order of importance. So, the number one thing on your question list that you want to report to your healthcare team is this is the problem um, I am calling. To address. This is my most important concern. And then um, write down any other concerns that you have in order of importance. Try to take notes during your um, telehealth or in person appointment. Write down the answers to your questions or any other information that your healthcare provider tells you. Um, if your caregiver is not able to be present during your in person or telehealth appointment, Ask if it's okay if they can call in or join the telehealth appointment. Um, maybe they're sitting next to you. Um, it's a courtesy just to ask um, your health care provider, I have, you know, my caregiver next to me, can, they, can he or she join this call? Or if it's an in-person uh, appointment, if you can um, call them in by your phone and have them listen into the conversation. Um, before any telehealth appointment, I generally have my patients um, make sure that their electronics are completely charged and to test them the day before the appointment. Um, some offices offer what, what we call it NIH um, a tech check or a technology check. Um, a day or two before your appointment where the, they set up a test appointment to make sure that the electronic equipment is working, that you um, are able to see the healthcare team member and they're able to see you, and to troubleshoot any issues before your appointment. Um, the key there is don't be afraid to ask. Um, if you're having trouble, you know, with the camera, um, that's a perfect time to work out that, um, that issue. You want to make sure that you're speaking loud enough and can be heard and that your camera is working if you have a camera on your phone, tablet, or computer. Try to find a quiet location. I know this is hard when a lot of us are um, all together working either school um, or working out of the home. Try to turn off or lower TVs in distant rooms. Um, We love your pets, but um, if you could put your pets in another room out of the way, um, that would be great. Um, Double-check again that your um, device has enough battery um, and that your Wi-Fi is connected um, if you need it for that particular appointment. Um, And know what to do if you become disconnected during the telehealth appointment. What is the backup plan? Will the provider be calling you? Do they have your cell phone number? Um, Or will you be calling the office? And that's an important thing to clarify during um, that technology check appointment if it's available for your office um, to say, what happens if we become disconnected? Pick up your phone at the scheduled time. Um, sometimes, for my patients, I don't always know what phone number um, I'm going to be calling from, and they see an, uh, a number show up as unknown on their phone, and so they think it's a telemarketer or someone that is not associated with their um, appointment, so they don't pick up. Um, so, if it's about the time that you are going to be receiving your telehealth appointment or your phone call, that's a pr- then, and it says um, from an unknown caller, it might be your healthcare provider calling. Um, before you hang up either the phone or your telehealth appointment, I want to encourage you to repeat the plan back and the next steps um, that your provider gave you. Um, you know, is it I'm going to get blood work tomorrow, and then um, I'm going to come into the office a week from today. Um, repeat that back so that you are clear what the plan is, and um, that if there's any questions, they can be clarified at that time. And so I think this is a good place for me to end, and I look forward to your questions um, at the uh, during our question and answer session. And my takeaway tips That I have for you is just plan ahead. It will reduce the anxiety of a medication refill or scheduling issue if you start that process um, and give yourself at least a week's um, time to plan out that visit. And so, with that, I'll turn it over to you, Dr. Messner. Thank you very much for for allowing me to be on this call today.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Um, that was really extraordinary and, and thank you very much for that really excellent presentation and just a wonderful um just a wonderful um wonderful presentation, and very informative to everybody. And um I'd now like to um say a few words about cancer care services and then we're going to take a few questions and then I'm going to move right on to the questions. So um if you just bear with me for a minute. I'm just going to say a few words just about um, what Cancer Care offers. So Cancer Care is a national nonprofit organization, and we offer services to people nationally throughout the United States. And they are provided by oncology social workers, and many people call us using our helpline, 1-800-813-4673, or they may also visit our website at www.cancercare.org. And so often people ask, well, what can they do for me? So um, and people call us with all different types of issues and concerns. So I'll try to explain to you some of the things we do offer. We certainly offer support to people, and a lot of support, because people, these have very difficult times. And so it makes it even sometimes more difficult in coping with cancer and coping with the whole pandemic and, and COVID as well. Um, we also offer a list of, of really a, a case management services. So if for some reason we don't have a service that you need, we have a designated staff who will help you to get those services. Sometimes they're in your community, sometimes they're somewhere else, but we will not just give you a list of places to call with their numbers, but we'll also actually virtually go with you to those organizations and get you hooked up with them for the services. And if that doesn't work, we'll try something else until you get your needs met. Now, we also offer practical financial and co-payment assistance. And at this time, these things are always important, but particularly important at this time. People are really struggling, and we do have special funds for people during this uh, time as well in addition to our normal funds and, of course, our co-payment assistance funds, which help people with the cost of the medications, which can be a great barrier, of course, to you're getting, you know, actually taking your medication on, on schedule, getting your pills on schedule. And also um, we do also help to link you up to programs that do also offer comparable programs for the particular medication or that you might require. So that is another service that we do offer as well. Um, We also offer um, online support groups, and they're for people of all different ages and for all different experiences with cancer. So for specific types of cancer, for um, caregivers, for young adults, for middle-aged adults. We also have a Cancer Care for Kids program in which we help children and families understand coping with cancer when there's cancer in the family. Um, So that's another important feature And we do, of course, offer these workshops, and we also, in addition to that, have a number of publications. So there's quite a bit of services you can access, and we certainly are one of many uh, organizations out there that provide help to you. So I know many of you often feel alone, but I want you to know that you are now. Of course, um, there are so many services out there for you that are actually just a telephone call or a mouse click away on your computer um, for you to contact for help. And now, before we um, move on to the question and answer period, um, we have just a few questions to ask all of you. um so I, and again, this will help us to better understand and plan all of our future programs, and so that um, regarding this topic and other topics as well. So our first question is, as a result of what I learned in this workshop, I have greater knowledge of the meaning of adherence, and again, um, on a scale of one to five with one the highest uh, rating and five the lowest rating. And if you could just um, identify your rating for this particular question. And the next question is, as a result of what I learned, In this workshop, I feel more confident about the important role of adherence in managing cancer in the context of COVID-19. And again, one is the highest rating and five the lowest rating. The next question is, as a result of what I learned in this workshop, I have greater confidence, greater information about the barriers to taking pills on schedule adherence. So, again, one is the highest rating and five the lowest rating. And now just two questions left. And the next question is, As a result of what I learned in this workshop, I have greater confidence in using practical tips to overcome the barriers to taking pills on schedule or treatment on schedule. Again, one is the highest rating and five the lowest rating. And then this will be the last question. As a result of what I learned in this workshop, I have greater confidence in including clinical trials and adherence in my treatment options in the context of COVID-19. Again, one is the highest rating and five the lowest rating. So I want to thank all of you for participating in these questions. It really, again, helps us to get a sense of what you understand about this topic coming into the program and then what you've learned. Um, and, And your comments really help us in developing programs to better meet your needs. So we thank you very much for really this type of feedback. It's very, very important and helpful to us and to you, all of you, so that the programs will just get better. And now we're going to take questions from our participants. And I'm going to ask that we have um, that, um, that Michelle bring all of our speakers on board. And Michelle, if you could explain to our, our, our participants how to queue up for questions. I'm going to take as many questions as possible. Uh, Michelle.
0: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to ask a question, please press star then one on your touchstone telephone. If your question has been answered and you wish to remove yourself from the queue, You may press the pound key. Those of you on the web may submit questions by clicking ask a question. And we have
1: some questions from our online participants, so quite a few. So I'm going to start with our first question, and this will be for Dr. Wong. What should I do if I miss a dose or even two of my medication? What should I do?
2: Great question. That happens a lot, and uh, don't feel bad about it. I said to you that in our family, we have a, a doctor, a nurse, and two pharmacists, and Despite that, we still manage to, offer, uh, more more often than I'd like to tell you to mess up our parents' uh, uh, dosing schedule. It depends on the drug. And I think uh, my colleague beforehand, I think even Ms. Flynn mentioned, uh, to just talk to your home team about this. There's some medicines that you can safely take, uh, you know, if you're within eight hours of a missed dose. Others you just miss and go. And in others still, sometimes some chemotherapy ones, which are very strictly dependent, uh, sometimes we might tell people just to stop because it's a sequencing of it that's important. So, again, it's, it's hard to give a generic answer. The best overall answer is to touch base with your team, um, and, and, and that's the real uh, trick of it. Uh, all drugs have their own characteristics. On our side of fence, we we'll look at things like uh, half-life, uh, metabolism, um uh and uh and how fast a drug comes out of your system. All these are informations we have in our hand and that's how we sort of figure out the answer to give you. Uh so again, the best answer is to check in with your home team.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. And we have a question in front of our telephone participants. Shell.
0: We have a question from R G. Your line is open. Yes.
1: Yes, hello, thank you. Um, I take, um, uh, immunotherapy pills and I'm supposed to take them every day, twice a day. And sometimes I forget and take them at different times of the day. Like sometimes I'll take them at 12, sometimes I'll take them at two. And then at night I forget. I take them at nine. I take them at 10. Is that, I mean, is that okay? Or should I be setting my, a timer for myself so that I don't, so that I'm not
0: all over the place?
1: Thank you. I'm going to ask Dr. Juan to start with that question, and then for Dr. Palos to go next, uh, and, and then Dr. Flynn, and Ms. Flynn as well. Dr. Wong.
2: Great question, and uh, thank you for uh, for bringing it forth. And uh, yes, I appreciate uh, the multidisciplinary, multi-person answer to this. Um, it depends on the pill type. You mentioned immunotherapy, uh, but you know, there's immunotherapy, there's targeted therapy, there's chemotherapy. All these categories make a difference. Why is that? Because for immunotherapy, for instance, we are uh, evoking the immune system in a person's body to uh, fight the cancer. Um, and in general, in general, and again, the, the right answer comes from your home team because it depends on the medicine. In general, immunotherapy is less sensitive to timing than, for instance, uh, targeted therapy. What's targeted therapy? Those are medicines directed at specific mutations and, uh, and proteins inside the cancer cell. Uh, And those pills are directed very specifically to that particular mutation. And because of that, the concentration of drug in your body really makes a difference because how they work is by interacting with the target, which is that very specific mutation, and that's oftentimes dependent on the concentration of drug in your blood. So that's a scientific way of saying that in those situations, uh, having the right amount of uh, of medicine in your bloodstream at all times is important and that's very dependent on a schedule which uh, I tell my patients I don't care when you take it but it's got to be 12 hours apart and remember I uh, used to work in Los Angeles lots of people are entertainment industry musicians uh, all their gigs are at night in crazy hours and what I tell them is it's every 12 hours you you decide when the 12 hours are and lastly for chemotherapy ones the sequencing you know you have to take it I'll give an example five days in a row well, it's the buildup of the chemotherapy drug culminating in those five days in a row that really affect their, chain, uh, their effect on the cancer cells. And, and so it's not one where you can take it four days in a row, kind of wait two days, take the next one, because it's the buildup that matters. So if, if your head is spinning a bit, I, uh, I, I apologize. But, again, it comes down to my fundamentals, which is to talk to your team about it. And what I've told you are specific examples of how different mechanisms of actions influence what the answer comes back to you. I, I will open the floor to my colleagues, Dr. Palos and Dr. Flynn, who I know are experts in this area.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, Dr. Palos,
3: would you like to add? Um... Sure. Um, Dr. Wong gave an excellent overview of, of the science and the clinical implications from uh, missing doses or taking them at different scheduled times. I'd like to address perhaps more of the practical. Uh, the individual that asked that question, it is a good question to ask, and I think that person would be a perfect candidate for some of the uh, apps that we were talking about, and some of the other ways to uh, uh, to remind yourself of what some of the um, what times you are. For example. You can use your uh, smartphone and, I mean, just set the time, not the timer, but a schedule through your alarm at what times you need to take them. And I would recommend putting a a very loud, noisy uh, tone to it, ringtone to it, because then no matter what you're doing, it will grab your attention and most likely everyone else. So that's one way, an easy way that you can do it if you have a smartphone. You can also get just a plain old-fashioned alarm clock, And that's very different. You can put a label on it and say medication schedule and use it only for that purpose. And so you can set your time there, and that will be a reminder for you. There's also then some of the apps. Um, Some of them are free. That MediSafe is one that we talked about for the pill reminder. There's one called Mango Health. Uh, bedside reminders. So all of those are going to be based on your own preferences. But I would really recommend at least giving yourself a trial period of what type. Maybe you can select two different types of methods that you'd like to use to remind you. If you have the nice Alexa. You can ask Miss Alexa to remind you of the of the times, and that at least will give you uh, some you know, an idea of what your preferences are. Are they working, these uh, choices that you make? And if not, what else can you try to use? it? I believe it will be a trial and error for every individual based on their own learning style and preferences.
1: Excellent. Thank you. And uh, thank you. And uh, Ms. Flynn? And I, I I really have nothing more to add. Dr. Juan and
4: Dr. Pelios have covered everything. It really starts with what is your schedule? When would be a good time for you to take those medications? Talk to your healthcare team. Have them um, help you adjust those medications um, to times where you are more likely to um, to, to take them. And then, um, as Dr. Paleo said, try different types of reminders um, to see which ones or which combination
1: of ones work best for you and good luck.
4: Great question.
1: Excellent, thank you, thanks so much. Um, um, And so another question we have from one of our online participants. Um, So how should I, and this would be for Dr. Palos, how should I contact my doctor if I forgot a dose? Should I wait until our next appointment or call or email my doctor immediately? Mm
3: Dr. Palos? Oh, great, great question. Um, and many of us have been put in that situation. There are a couple of different things that I would suggest. One is um, use your patient portal. Um, and those of you that have not become familiar with your patient portal, I would highly recommend it. Uh, I have really seen the value increase of the patient portals with this uh, during this COVID times that we've had. It's a good way to communicate. You can put in an email. And um, the physician may not be the one to contact you directly. However, I have had physicians contact directly. But it can also be a mid-level provider or the nurse. That's one way that you you know it's being sent in. Someone's going to look at it. Now, unfortunately, when we have moments like that, it's on the weekends or on holidays when it's going to be very challenging to find anyone. So that is a good time, as Ms. Flynn said, to know who, you know, Who can you contact at times like that? There's always someone on call, so I would suggest that find out who, at least where the number is that you need to call during times like that when you know that there's maybe going to be a two- or three-day lapse before anyone um, can contact you or respond to your questions. The third thing I would recommend is contacting your pharmacy, either at your facility where you're getting your treatment or even the, the pharmacy that's in the community. I have found that I can contact our local communities and they can give me some advice and they have helped me track down numbers also where we can get um, information. So those would be three ways. I, I know there's probably several others and Dr. Wong and Miss Flynn may be able to do that. But again, the patient portals have become immensely valuable. And so if you don't have access to one, go ahead and sign up for one. Most of the inst- Institutions, healthcare agencies are now providing those. So um, it really will benefit you in the long run.
1: Excellent. Thank you. And um, this would be our last question for Ms. Flynn. Um, what can I do to prepare for my cancer treatment and lessen its side effects? Um, if you could comment on that in a general way, of course.
4: Sure. So to prepare for your cancer treatment, um, and the side effects. So I, I think that would depend on whether you're going in person, if you're going to be receiving an um, infusion of some type, or if you're going to be receiving a pill and then observed for a period of time um, within um, at the center that you're getting your cancer treatment. If that's the case, I would um, wear comfortable clothing, um, I would dress in many layers. Um, you don't know if it's going to be warm or cold when you get there. You might have hot flashes or not. Um, definitely wear your mask um, and continue to wash your hands um, when you're traveling place to place if it's um, in, if you're going into a facility or treatment area. Um, and I would um, keep a list of your questions that you have. And um, make sure that those questions are answered, um, and not just answered um, so that you understand them but, um, at that time, but so that you could relay that to your, your um, caregiver if they um, also have that same question. If your treatment is going to be a period of time, so if you're going to be there for an hour or two, Maybe you need to see the physician, um, and then you um, will be waiting around for some blood work or for um, an infusion in the afternoon. I would bring um, some form of entertainment. Um, So maybe it is downloading a movie um, onto your computer or your tablet. Maybe you want to bring a book. Um, Keep it just very simple. Um, but have have something that's kind of pass the time um, while you're waiting for um, your appointment. If you're at home and you're receiving your medication, you're taking your medication, probably a pill for the first time, write down the time that you took it, and then kind of do do check-ins on how you're feeling. Are you having any side effects? And keep track of those side effects. Um, We've all heard of cancer stories in the past where people had you know, nausea um, that wasn't able to be controlled. You know, times have changed, and we have really, really excellent medications um, to control pain, to control nausea, um, a whole host of side effects. And so if you're experiencing any of those, um, it may take um, a a trial. Uh, We may do, you know, try one, and if that particular medication doesn't help, there are many more that we can try. And so I, I don't want that myth that, um, you know, cancer treatments are just, are you know, you're going to feel horrible the whole time. Um, there may be some side effects. Keep track of them and communicate with your healthcare team about what they are, and we will help you to help alleviate those side effects. And I
1: hope excellent. that answers Thanks. your question. Very excellent. Very fantastic. I have to say, um, I have to thank all of our speakers. And and as we conclude today, I would like our speakers to actually each provide a takeaway um, from today's program that that they would each like to um, have you remember um, importantly. So I'm going to start with Dr. Wong.
2: Thank you, Dr. Messer. Again, uh, communication is the foundation, good communication is the foundation of uh, of, uh, good adherence. Uh, Adherence is a strategy, a treatment strategy. And I tell my patients, no one ever died of of embarrassment. So if in doubt, make the call. And a good time is when you first see the doctor to always give you information, a card, and so on and so forth. That's also an excellent time to ask, uh, you know, who, who do I call if I, get, uh, if I have the need to do so or if I have some troubles in the evening or on weekends. If you're on a clinical trial, one of the things a, 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 that is good practice in clinical trials is you always have a number to call uh, f- uh, to find a responsible person who knows something about it, so again, good communication thank you very much
1: thank you very much and um, dr Palos
3: hi, just that uh, just remember we know that adherence to any change uh, or you know schedule whatever it is the lifestyle change the medication the treatment is very challenging it's difficult, but there are so many different ways that you can uh Help get some some support in trying to follow the schedules you and it's going to be based on your preference and it's trial and error, so don't give up it's trial and error, and it takes time to find out what works best for you.
1: Oh well, thank you so much and um Ms. Flynn.
4: and I would like to conclude by just saying, plan ahead, whether it is for a medication refill for an appointment um for blood work that you might need. Um, don't wait until the last moment. I am I'm typically a last-minute person, but I have to change my ways um, with medications um, and plan ahead. Try try and give yourself a week's worth of cushion uh, for that. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. I want to thank all of our speakers. I want to thank our participants as well for asking these really such great questions, both on the phone and online. It makes a big difference to um, have both um, all of you working together on this. This is really amazing. And so um, this is a phenomenal program today on a very important topic. Um, now, as we conclude today, most importantly, we don't want any one of you to feel alone in coping with cancer um, and in, in coping with uh, managing your treatment as well or, 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 or taking your pills on schedule. We want you to now know that you're part of a huge supportive system, um, both your own healthcare care team and then, of course, You have the resources of Cancer Care and many other organizations. So at the end of today's program, you're all going to get a survey monkey evaluation. And then that evaluation will be not just – it's not only an evaluation, but we'll also be giving you some additional resources that we think would be helpful to you to have that our speakers may have alluded to that would be useful to you. And um, we want you to know that you are – connected and it's up to you and we are simply a telephone call or a mouse click away depending upon where you are in the world and country and what's most convenient for you. So again, I want to thank you all for your participation today and I want to wish you all a very fine day. Thank
0: you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your participation. This concludes the workshop and you may now disconnect. Everyone, have a great day.